This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is the A to Z of sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. If you're a regular listener, you know I'm a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist, and I've spent the last 30 plus years helping people to create hot and healthy sexual and lasting intimate relationships. And on this show, we're working our way through the erotic alphabet one letter at a time. Now I need to make a small apology. The letters have gotten out of order. So some of you heard last week, we're listening to L is for life, uh, sex after grief and loss. This week, we're going back to K, and it's going to be a little messed up for a couple more weeks uh, because with vacations and, and, um, and Thanksgiving coming up, um, I counted wrong. And I do like to do a live show, so I didn't want to push some of the guests who have very kindly and graciously said they would appear live by changing the dates and times on them. So we're a little out of order, but there it is. Um, so today the letter is K, and K is for kink. Now, people have a really wide understanding of what kink looks like um, from having sex outdoors, some people think is kinky, to going to a swing party, to hardcore BDSM. So it's a really wide range of behaviors that people think are kinky. And typically we use the word to refer to sexual activity that's outside what we, what society might say really is the norm. But I got to tell you, um, there's a good 30% of the population who engage in some form of kink. So um, you can't really call that terribly far outside the norm. So joining me today to talk all things kink is Lady Amaterasu Okama. Okami. See, I can't every time. I'm sorry. Which means sun goddess and white wolf. She lives in Atlanta, Georgia. She's 50 years old and loving the woman that she is. She's been living the leather lifestyle for the last three years. Is owned by Sir Scorpius Wolf of House Scorpius Wolf. She's a leather woman, a founding member of Onyx Pearls Southern Leather in Atlanta, Georgia, and the facilitator of females, the Female Submissive Munch in Atlanta, Georgia for about the last two years. She believes in uplifting others, and she really enjoys meeting new people. Welcome to the show. Well, hello. How are you? We're good. So let's talk kink. <clears throat> so, I mean, for me... Kinky always seemed like a lighter term than talking BDSM. And it included more, maybe. So it could include fetishes and things like that. Is that the way that you saw the term? Well, yes. <laughs> um, growing, well, I, I will say, in my early 20s, I discovered that there were certain things I did that were reclassified as kinky. You know, like, for instance... I tied my boyfriend up. Well, he'll let me. He let me tie him up, and I put vanilla pudding all over him and licked it off, and it, that was the most exciting thing ever. I'm just saying, I didn't realize that technically I was doing bondage on him as well as introducing food. Right. So, you see what I'm saying? So 
at that time you didn't ex- you didn't talk about stuff that you did in back in the early eighties. You didn't do that. That was that was like Shh, that's that's none of your no one's business. But it was a kinky sense, and I was like I was like oh, there's more to this. I'm going to explore this. And from time to time, you found some people in your in my dealings that were explicit about certain things. You know, like having sex outside or in a rail car or backstage, you know, backstairs of a hotel or something like that, just that, the thrill of getting caught, you know, stuff of that nature. Um, and now it's like, that's child's play compared to the lifestyle that we live in now. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, for me, it's really interesting because <clears throat> I always knew that I was different. So I didn't have a word for it. I knew I was different. That was it. That, that was the way it was. And I, and you know, sometimes I was okay with it and sometimes I wasn't, but there wasn't really a word for it. It was just what I did. And you would kind of negotiate with partners in, in a really circumspect way because you didn't want to get rejected for the things that you were going to bring up necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, hmm, I like this, but I'm not sure I can tell you about this. And what's interesting to, to me is that that hasn't changed. Not at all. People are still doing that. Even though now we've got the internet, we've got, uh, so we've got access to a lot more resources, not all of them good, but still a lot more material, right? You know, at sort of 16, 17, and I'm trying to get the the guy that I was into, (laughs) right, at the time to to kind of hold me down and spank me and all of this, right? There wasn't anything that was easy to just sort of hand him, why don't you read this? It's interesting, right? Mm -mm. No. Um, But now, you know. If you're 17 and you're into something and you're not keen on telling your partner, you can download a piece of erotica and email it to them anonymously. Yeah. Dropping hints. Yeah. Hey, look, breadcrumbs. Uh, read this. I found this very interesting. Let me know what you think about this. That's a roundabout way of saying, hey, this is what I want to do, and I need for you to research it so we can do this. Yeah. I mean, w- when I have couples come in um, who want to explore further, um, often I will point them in the direction of erotica or pornography that um, has some of the areas that they might explore to let them start to see what interests them. But that's when they come in together and they want to explore together. I often get an individual will come in and say, I've had this desire. I've had this desire for X number of years, my whole life, and I'm married and I don't know how to tell my partner. Ooh. That right there alone is very tricky. That's a slippery slope because you just can't expect to find that person when you meet the, if you meet somebody, say for instance, and uh, you have these dark secrets about yourself, and you got to be very careful how you express yourself because they might not receive you well. So, mm, go ahead, sorry. And so with that, you have to uh, learn how to read somebody and just ask ask the questions. You have to ask the right questions to get deep into them to see if they are compatible to you. And I think that might save a lot of rejection. I think I think so. But also, I always, t- I mean, you know, people will often ask me, when is the right time to tell somebody that you're kinky? And I say, like, at the beginning of dating, it's just like if you're gay, right? Are you going to start dating somebody if you're gay and not tell them you're gay? Uh-uh. I call that the terms of engagement. 
coming to the table, the terms of engagement, honey, that's that's where you let it all know, hey, this is who I am, this is how I am. This is your opportunity to process it and get back with me if you want to deal with me or not. At least I'm not lying. I'm in no denial about me. But this is what I like. And hopefully you like it too. And if not, then we can still be friends. I ain't going to hold no grudges against you. And you just keep it pushing. But don't pretend. That's well, that's, that's the big thing. Don't pretend. Mm-hmm. Because um, we still have um, a huge number of women who fake orgasm. Still. Still, still, still. Because it's too complicated at the beginning of a relationship to push things forward so that the person gets what you what gets you off. Mm-hmm. And so it's easier to just go, yeah, okay, right, let's be done. Which, yeah. of course, people don't realize, or, or sometimes they do, but I don't think they know how to get around it. It sets you up. It sets mm-hmm. you up for the future because... If you've been screaming and shouting and screaming and shouting and you suddenly are quiet for 20 minutes, there's going to be some questions about why that is. Exactly. Don't you know, or if your behavior is completely different, if your body looks completely different. It's different if you're doing something different in the sense that, like, if you're going for more of a full body thing, yeah, that's right. You know, that's going to look different. But um, but if you're if your lover's doing the same things that they've always done and getting completely different reactions from you because now you want to be honest because you're tired of not getting off, that's problematic, right? Oh, oh yeah, because that means you have been living a complete sexual life. Yep. And yeah. a complete sexual life, especially if you introduce a toy. Yeah. Let's come up with a conversation and say, hey, I was thinking about you know, doing something a little different. Let's add something to the equation. And they're like, uh, why? Uh, I've been doing fairly well without any addition. But then you're like, well, you know, <laughs> uh, things have changed a little bit. I want a little bit more excitement. You know, trying to yeah. get around the bush and say that you've been boring me for like X amount of years and now I'm tired of being bored. That is where all the ego kicks in. Yeah, no, I mean, that, it's, it's a really hard place to be. So we're like um, a couple minutes from break. Um, when we come back, <clears throat> we're going to talk about um, more about this. We're going to talk about specific kinks and also g- okay. give some advice on how you introduce this into your relationship and what do you do if you're in a long-term relationship and this is the core of you and your partner wants nothing to do with it. So we'll talk some more about that when we get back. Um, we're going to hear from our sponsors first, and we'll be back in a couple minutes' time. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. What is your level of sexual expertise? Want to find something new? Listen for Sisters of Sexuality every week on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. There's no judgment here, and every topic is safe and sex positive, so we'll explore them together. It's time to push your sexual boundaries and try some new experiences with your hosts, Taylor Sparks and Parish Michelle Blair. You won't want to miss a single show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Your sex energy is your life energy. That's a central focus of The Conscious Living Show with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce and her husband, Dr. Mark Pierce. The health of your sexual life is a barometer for your physical, mental, and intimate relationship health. If something is out of whack, by listening, you may be able to identify the problem and fix it. And it's not always about the sex. Tune in to The Conscious Living Show, broadcasting live every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drloribethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex. This is part two, and we are doing K is for kink. And I am with Lady Amaterasu Okami. I actually said it right for, for, for the first time ever. Yes. <clears throat> and we're talking kink before the break I said that um, <clears throat> we wanted to talk further a bit about what things like what do you do if you're in a long term relationship and somebody it, you haven't told your partner about what your deepest desires are and you're afraid that they're not going to be at all interested um, and so as like I said last segment you know one of the ways of introducing something in a gentle manner is is like finding a piece of erotica that reflects your desire and giving it to them to read or reading it to them can be a lot of fun doing that as an activity. Um, Taking in a movie together that you know covers the areas that are really turning you on. That will give you an idea if your partner even wants to go forward at all. But what do you do if they reject that? It's a difficult one. Mm. Um, and, and unfortunately, I think there are quite a few people in this position because we're not, we're still, certainly when we were growing up, we weren't given the tools to talk about sex with our partners. We weren't encouraged to talk about our desires at all. You know, that wasn't something that, that we expected to do. Um, and that hasn't changed that much. Yeah, only a little bit. And and I find that really sad. I mean, I find it really sad that the focus is still so much on just on either procreation or abstinence or being safe um, and not getting pregnant that we forget to talk about pleasure or we or 
they don't want us to talk about pleasure and we don't talk about desire. And, and, and from a psychologist's point of view and a sex and intimacy coach's point of view, for me, one of the reasons I think it's so important to learn about that in a, in a, in a more public setting is that a lot of the things that people think are really kinky are actually really common. I loved your description, you know, of tying up your boyfriend and then, you know, putting pudding all over him and licking the pudding off. So there's like, you know, there are names for these things, but, you know, I'm not going to get into complicated names, but lots of people play with food. Like the idea of having um, and making your partner into dessert is really popular. Um, in Japan, they eat sushi off of beautiful young women and, and, and that's been appropriated all over the world, Right. That's really common. It's, you know, it's not, you can be in suburbia and somebody will talk about, you know, that going on and not seeing it as that odd, right? Right. So, yeah. But if you think you're the only one that has this desire, then it, it, it becomes really hard to communicate with a partner and shame can be a really big deal because you're thinking you're the only person in the world that ever wanted to have sex out, you know, out in the middle of the woods in the middle of winter. <laughs> There's a fear. Uh, yeah. And the biggest thing is fear of being rejected. Um, then you have to deal with um, worrying about what someone thinks about you, you yep. know, your reputation. Well, now, it becomes... You're battling with yourself. You're uh-huh. battling with who you want to be versus who you are. And then the image that you portray yourself uh, is another thing. Like, you know, you try to keep this wholesome look, but in the back of your mind, you're a freak like nobody's business. <laughs> but you're scared to show it to somebody because you don't want no one to reject you or talk about you in a negative sense. That right there is alone for women is our biggest deal that we have to deal with, especially when we have had history and mm-hmm. this is someone new. That right there is trying, like you said, how do you introduce yourself to that new person? And that's when I said, talk about it at the beginning and say, hey, ask those probing questions like we do when we vet someone. What is it that you like about sex? Let's talk about it. Just come right at it, and if they shy away from you, like, oh, yeah, you got some problems. You got some hidden problems that you don't want me to know about. But let me go ahead and tell you about me. If you're that bold about yourself, then, hey, go for it. Let it be known you like kinky stuff. You know, I mean, just show them pictures. Heck, if you got them. Like, this is what I like to do. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I'm I'm not sure I would recommend showing pictures to somebody you've just met. Just saying. Well, there was a time and a place. I didn't see pictures of yourself, but I'm just saying, hey, I, I saw an article and I was like, this really intrigued me. And say, hey, have you have you read this article before? Or have you seen this in a magazine right. before? I know you look at I know you look at the magazines. Come on, man, don't be playing with me. That's how you get them to fess up. You set them up for the okie dog, actually. And, and if you're in that situation where, you know, this is a long-term partner and, and – and you are needing to make a change, and you're finding it really difficult either to talk about it or you've raised it, and it's, it's not gone well. I mean, that is the time that you want to grab some time with a professional 
to help mediate that conversation. Sometimes all um, a person needs is some permission to go explore, to be told that they're, you know, not weird, crazy, you know, going to get themselves in horrific trouble if they go explore. And, and I spend a lot of time giving people permission to do stuff, you know, um, because they don't, they need to hear somebody who's got experience say, no, this isn't, you know, this isn't the weirdest thing I've ever heard. You know, no, you're not the only person that wants to do this. Um, and I'm always, I'm always amused by the fact that a lot of times the, the people that, the things that people want permission on are really the kind of more mild stuff. Yeah. It's like somebody will say, you know, they want permission to tie someone up um, with consent um, for a short period of time. Right. You know, we're not talking about locking somebody in a, in a cage and leaving them there for hours. You know, it's like they, they, they want permission for the, or to give a spanking. They don't, they don't come in and say like, I'd like, I really want to bullwhip this person. And they're not, you know, they're not asking for permission for that. They're asking permission for a spanking. Although let us be clear, depending on who's spanking you, that can be worse than a bullwhip. Just saying that's an, yeah, that, mm, that, that's something to consider, especially if they got big hands. Big hands, percussionists, and if they know how to work with energy. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. So. They could take something just as small, they could just small and minute a toothbrush and make it sting, and you're, like, trying to figure out how that So, I've got a note here. Let me see what she says. Meredith wrote in and said that um, her thing is holding back and being at the edge of orgasm for a really long period of time. And she likes that. And she would like also to do that to her partner, but she doesn't know how to explain this to her partner who thinks that when they have sex, that the goal is to get off now. So she wanted to know, first of all, was that odd? And second of all, were, were, did we have any suggestions? Well, we know it's not odd. It's called edging. It's got a name. It's called edging. It's yeah. called edging. Yeah. So it's not odd because it's, it's actually got its own name. A lot of people do this, yeah. and it can be a lot of fun. Um, so one of the things that you can say to your partner is that if he's willing to slow down, when he finally does have an orgasm, it's going to feel more intense. That's one of the reasons that people get into edging is by the time they finally come, it's of a, a three or four orders of magnitude above what they're normally used to. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing to be telling them. Um, oh, yeah. We are about, <laughs> we are about uh, three minutes from break. Again, believe it or not, it did go that quickly. Um, we'll talk yeah. a little bit more about what Meredith wanted, um, wanted some advice on also talking about it with her partner. Um, and, um, and, and some reassurance, you're not going to get ill from edging. Um, 
I do want to talk about this um, no nut November thing though, which which I don't advise you do, guys who are listening. Um, but we'll do that in detail after the break. So if you, it, it, it's kind of a cliffhanger here. We're going to talk a little bit about no nut November and why you really wouldn't want to do that. We'll be back in a few minutes. <laughs> Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at drlorybethbisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the A to Z of sex for segment three. And we're doing K is for kink. And I am with. Um, I'm about to I'm about to screw your name up again. Please I'm say it for you. Yes, I'm ma'am. Lady Abaterasu Okami. Thank you. It's the, it's the, I either I either struggle on the Amaterasu or on the Okami. It depends on which I try. <laughs> so um, before the break. We were, and we're talking about kink, like I said, before the break, I mentioned No Nut November because we'd had a question about refraining from orgasm. Um, so No Nut November is this thing going around that telling men that there are benefits to choosing to withhold ejaculation for all of November. Okay, there are no benefits to this, guys. 
There's nothing wrong with doing with chastity if that's your kink. That's cool. That's a different thing. But there are no health benefits to to doing this. In fact, um, there are health benefits to ejaculation. There are health benefits to having sex. So um, please don't fall for the hype. Enjoy yourself regularly if you don't have a partner masturbation's a good thing right you want to extend your life extend your health now there are schools of thought that say that by restricting the amount of orgasm and recirculating the energy you can live longer lives but these schools of thought in uh, Montakchia is is one of the um, proponents of this they require a whole spiritual discipline around them. There's a whole discipline practice. So it's different than simply refraining from orgasm. So guys, don't worry. You can do what you like in November. Please do. <laughs> now, if now, you don't want to shave, now if you don't want to shave in November and have a nice little beard, taped up, that's fine. You can do the no shaving in November. That's fine. But the no nothing? No, no. So some people, you know, we mentioned edging and we said that, you know, people like to do this to increase the intensity of their orgasm. But also edging can be used as a form of control. And so orgasm control is is a kink that some people have and and really enjoy on both ends. Um, So when you're practicing orgasm control, you've got a power exchange going on and you're giving one person the control over where you go, whether you have an orgasm and when you have an orgasm. So they'll force an orgasm or they'll withhold an orgasm. Again, you know, this has a name. So you're not the only person, Meredith, that might want to try these things. There's a whole huge number of people out there who have a really good time playing with the intensity of the body's responses because that's what you're doing when you're doing that. Exactly. So what do you think is, what do you, what, is there a kink that you find really hard to approach? It's just not your kink. Oh, you're asking me? I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Um, for me, uh, humiliation. Humiliation. Um, yeah, humiliation is not, It's for me, it's not for me. I guess maybe it's because it's like a trigger, like you, excuse mm-hmm. me. <laughs> no, we're going to fight. No, I don't think that's something we want to do. Um that was a big one. Um, humiliation is one. I refuse to be humiliated by anybody, um, rather it be physically or uh, verbally. Um, I, I just can't. I can't deal with that. That That is not pleasant in the thought process to mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wouldn't do that at all. That's yeah. really the only one. So, so, for that, so for me, that's an interesting one to bring up because that's one of the ones that people have the most trouble talking about. Um, mm-hmm. because, you know, suggesting that you might want to be humiliated by another human being feels really strange. But again, I'm going to do some normalizing here, guys. There's a lot of people who are into both, um, either or both, physical and emotional humiliation. For example, there are lots of women who enjoy being called slut by their lovers. Mm-hmm. Now, exactly. Please, please note what I said, by their lovers, not by... Joe on the street 
or some girl that doesn't like right. the sex they've been having, or right? But within a consensual framework, um, you know, there are all sorts of there are people who um, enjoy being, you know, um, taking ash, right? Being used as an ashtray. There, so there's all sorts of stuff. There's, you know, we did a show on water sports, right? So there's all sorts of things that people enjoy that are part of humiliation that can be really powerful and really intense and a lot of fun. And also a huge right. trigger, a huge trigger for some people. Some people it's a huge trigger for, but they still want to play with it. So then they work on getting rid of the trigger and dealing with their shame. Other people, it's like, this is just not my thing. Not my thing. And I guess what's in, it, because it's such a difficult area, this is a really hard one to introduce to a partner. Oh, yes, definitely. Um, I think uh, especially if they, I say there has been some times in anyone's family, they, they've heard the verbal abuse from yeah. people in their family and they're like the, the mere fact of someone saying something to them, it, they don't find the pleasure in it. They go into right. a deep, dark space. So, no, sometimes you just, sometimes there's certain things you have to just leave alone. Um, you know, if you hear someone say it's not my kink in, in KM, that's like that's a that's a hard limit for them right there, you know, completely. Even uh, orgasm denial mm-hmm. basically is a, a hard limit for some people. Uh, some people that's like forced orgasms is maybe a hard limit or not my kink for some people. So anyone who's thinking that like I said, it's there is terminology for it. And if it's not something that you're <clears throat> pleasant or happy with, don't do it. Don't force yourself to do it either. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with trying something. If you try it and, and it's not going well, that's what safe words are for. Even if you're not doing BDSM, even if you're, you know, you're, you're negotiating to be out sick, because you, you negotiate for all sorts of things. It doesn't have to be pain, right? It doesn't have to be power exchange. It, um, if somebody wanted me to, to be an exhibitionist in a certain circumstance, we would be negotiating around that because that's something that is not – that's taking the sex out of the private and into the public. So it would be a negotiation, right? Um, and so, you know, if, if you, even if you're in the midst of trying it, it's the same as with any kind of sexual activity. At any time, you have the right to withdraw your consent, period. There's a code to that when you're dealing with um, contracted 24-7 power exchange relationships, but that's a different show. For the vast majority of things, you can withdraw your consent at any time and just say, you know what? I'm sorry, right? I, I know I know I know you might be enjoying this, but it's not working for me. Exactly. And that's another part of this. You know, it's not just like I said, not just about the, the, the kinks that people recognize as BDSM and intense kinks that need to be negotiated and have consent. It's everything. And it's why we need to talk about all this stuff, because how are you going to know? I mean, it's even if your partner's doing something to you, sometimes, I don't know, if you, have you ever had a massage where somebody hits a pressure point in a way that just feels really uncomfortable? Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, and it's not like, and, and it's part of their style, so they do it over and over again. So you've been relaxing, all of a sudden they hit that pressure point, everything tenses up again, you know, and then you have to stop and wait until the tense goes. And 
And, you know, it's even something like that to be able to say, actually, you know, this nice thing you're doing for me, it's, it's causing me more pain. Right. It's causing me more pain. I'm tensing up more. So it's okay to say, no, hey, stop. Yeah. And can we move this? Can we change this? Can we change position? Or is this a hard no? So you need good communication skills across the board with sex, particularly if you want to have good sex. You really need to be able to talk well. Um, So for me, I'm just, I don't top well. I'm not into it. The only situation in which I am able to take that role and like give a spanking is if I've been told to do so. I can, I can do a creditable job, but I don't get anything out of it. It's just not me. So for me, that's those, those sorts of situations that would put me um, in a position of having to be the dominant one in the sexual situation. It doesn't do nothing for you. No, nothing. Um, and, um, and, it's, and it's embarrassing, really, for me, because, I, because I'm awful at it. Um, so that's how it is. I'm just really bad at it, because that's it's just not where I'm going. Um, and so that's, you know, that's fine. It's fine for other people, but for me, it's not. And I'm just really clear that, look, this is me, and I only sit on the submissive side sexually. That's where I am. Um, and that's what works for me. Moving from that position, I've tried before. It just doesn't work for me. Um, I think it's important for people to explore things that don't immediately trigger them. To be open to exploring what partners would like to explore, particularly if you are in a long-term relationship. If you're bringing something to the table that you would love, You've got to be open to exploring what the other person might be bringing to the table that they would love. Yes. And it's called, I think it's a little thing about uh, compromising. Yes. You know, compromising for the enjoyment of give and take. Um, And that's something that a lot of people need to realize that even if you're negotiating, as we're talking about negotiating, you can say, if you, tr- you know, you can say, I'll try this once. And then um, if I don't like it, then I have the opportunity to say, no, I don't want to do it anymore. You know, but giving it a try and not being afraid to try it is something, you know, talking to that person and getting them to understand that, hey, I'm not going to hurt you. You know, you can trust me. If you are in a relationship that you trust that person, that makes a big difference. That makes a that huge makes difference. A big difference. And, and, and if, if you trust your partner in all other ways, not to humiliate you, for example, not to reject you, not to be cruel to you, even if they're saying no, mm-hmm. then you should trust them in this one, too. And again, we're a few minutes from break. When we come back, I'd like to talk about, uh, more about the variety of different kinks that there are. What you should know is if it's out there, somebody's turned on by it. Just saying, right? People are most most creative and into some of the most unusual things and they will do all sorts of things in order to experience pleasure and we'll be back in a couple minutes time after some last words from our sponsors opinions options answers you're listening to voice america health and wellness 
Over 20 million people in America struggle with substance use. This impacts both the people who are using and loved ones who are trying to help. Still, there is hope. Tune in to the Beyond Addiction Show with host Josh King. You'll hear from experts and get the real information you need to understand and assist in change. Change can be hard. It doesn't have to be confusing. Tune in every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Perspectives with Dr. Badisha Patel is a program that explores emotional management for a healthier lifestyle. On each program, we discuss ideas that support emotional well-being, such as mental illness, relationships, parenting, and family connections, and much more. If you are facing challenges in your life, you can grow and learn by exploring new techniques in dealing with stress, anxiety, and relationships. Perspectives with Dr. Badisha Patel airs live Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America health and wellness your favorite voice america talk radio network shows and hosts are in your car outdoors and wherever you need them to be listen anywhere get our mobile app for iphone blackberry or android at the apple itunes app store blackberry app world or android market This is the A to Z of sex featuring Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. We know you have questions. We welcome you to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Feeling a bit shy? It's okay. Dr. Lori Beth loves to read your emails too. Send them to Lori Beth at DrLoriBethBisbee.com. Now, more of the A to Z of sex. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex. This is the last segment of this show, and we are doing K is for kink. Um, And I am talking to Lady Amaratsu Okami. Amaterasu Okami. Got it. There you go. There you go. I got it. I knew eventually I would get there in the end. So um, one of the things I was saying is that if it is – Possible if it's out there, somebody is turned on by it. Um, some of the most common kinks, bondage, which we've already mentioned. Lots of people enjoy being restrained. Now, you can be restrained in all sorts of different ways. So restraints can take the form of handcuffs or chains or rope. Rope can be elaborate or not. Um, And for those of you who are interested in rope, on the 12th of December, Midori is joining me for R is for Rope. If you don't know who Midori is, she's absolutely amazing. Um, And she is definitely one of the first ladies of kink. She's a fantastic educator. And um, rope is one of her specialties. So we'll be talking about all the details of rope. So you've got that as well. People use straps for bondage. Sometimes people use clothing for bondage, like straight jackets or regular clothing that they use in a way that will bind you up. Mm-hmm. People do hair bondage. So there's all sorts of things that fall into the, the rubric of bondage. And they're not, they don't produce the same results necessarily. The reasons people enjoy bondage differ but this is one of the most popular kinks so some people enjoy it because they like having the control taken away from them 
Some people enjoy the security. They'll talk about feeling secure and safe within the bonds. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of things. Um, so that's one of the ones I think that is one of the most common. Um, interestingly enough, this one's not one of the most common, but it's, um, it's one that's liked a lot, cuckolding. So for those of you who haven't heard about cuckolding, cuckolding is a situation where the woman, a heterosexual couple, will explore the turn-on of the female partner sleeping with other men while making her male partner watch. So it's, a, it's got a humiliation element to it. Some people take it further than that and actually will make the male partner perform some form of sex act with the guy that she's sleeping with. So it's sort of forced by sexuality in there. Um, So that's a kink. How about electrostimulation? I bet some people are going to be like, what? Oh, yeah. Electricity is kind of interesting. Now, no, you do not go and get a plug. (laughs) But there are, there's a wide variety of ways of doing this as well. And one of the ways in which people play with sensation rather than pain Mm -hmm. is by using a TENS unit, which people use to relieve pain. And so you can get some really interesting sensations from a TENS unit put in various strategic places on the body. Oh, yeah. Popular kink. That's a good one. Exhibitionism. Incredibly popular. Exhibitionism is when you like to have sex where other people can see. Equally as popular is the opposite um, or the, or the, um, the, the other piece that fits into the puzzle, which is voyeurism, which is when you like to watch other people have sex. Nope. Couples where one's an exhibitionist and the other is a voyeur who are not monogamous have a great time. Definitely. Um, so that's really popular as well. Can you think of other ones that are that are really common? I'm trying to give people an idea of what what's out there. Um, let's see. Well, you talked about electricity. Um, there's another one. When you said sensation, it's actually using um, the feeling of metal, steel, knives. Oh, yes. Okay. Now, that's a more extreme one. Yeah, that's an extreme one. Um, and there is, uh, and, and it's, it can be done very seductively. Mm-hmm. And, it, and if anyone understands this terminology, it's a mindfuck, okay? Because you are thinking that you're probably going get to get cut, but actually you're not getting cut. It, it can be done a certain way to touch certain pressure points. And it's, it's very sensual when it's done correctly and there are some who likes to have the feeling of the cuts on them that's another kink that goes along with that bleeding all that stuff it falls underneath you know yep. knife play and then there's yep. needles don't forget the yeah. needles extreme and again that's a, that's a relatively extreme kink and it's one um, you know anytime you're penetrating the body um in that way where you're, you're, you're cutting a person when you put a needle in, you're cutting a person and, and there's um, um, exposure to blood and exposure to bodily fluids, you need to be really disease aware. And so if um, the idea of having needles put in you turns you on, um, 
I would suggest that you actually take a class so that you know how to engage in this safely um, or as safely as possible. Now, this is not one of those ones you can reduce to no risk. There's always a risk. Um, But people will go, why would somebody want to be stuck with needles? Because it produces endorphins. And endorphins are the body's natural high. So somebody sticks the needle in you and the endorphins flood you and you're high as a kite after a while. So yes, a person feels the pain, but they feel that high pleasure more, which is why they get into doing that. Um, We were talking earlier about spanking, but we can broaden that to impact play. And this is probably the most popular common fetish. Uh, Uh It's not a fetish, really. It's a kink. Popular common uh, kink. And at the moment, um, and impact play, you can use anything, all sorts of implements. So you can be doing, you know, just using your hand or you can do whips or floggers or you can be creative with things that you find at home and not spend a lot of money and use a wooden spoon, although some people have been spanked with that, right? Yes, wooden spoons, spatulas. Spatulas. Or paint stirrers. (laughs) Yes, bamboo skewers. Oh, my gosh. No, thank you. No, they hurt. Um, so, um, Jonah, because we were about five minutes from the close of the show, and Jonah just said, you know, um, that we we seem to be talking in a really relaxed way about all of this, but what if you none of this is interesting to you? So here's the thing. That's fine, too, right? You don't have to be kinky. If you are, you can be comfortable with it. If you're not, you can be comfortable with that too. There's room for everyone. What's most important to me is that you figure out what works for you. You communicate that to potential partners or existing partners. You negotiate and there's consent so that you can all get your needs met. That's it. It can be straightforward what other people would consider mainstream sex, or it can be way out there. It doesn't matter as long as you are following those steps. Yes. So I would like to thank you for joining me. It's been a lot of fun. If you guys have more questions, please email them to Beth at drlauribethbisbee.com. I'll answer them on one of the upcoming shows. Um, if you have an idea for a show or if you've got a guest you'd like to hear, please send it in. I will consider all ideas and I will consider all guests. If you come back next week, we will be talking the letter M. Now, I haven't made an 100% decision who to have on for this one, but we are definitely going to be talking masturbation. So if you've got some ideas, if you've got some masturbation stories, send them in. Successes, failures, concerns, worries, I want to hear all of them. I want to wish you a hot, happy, and healthy week. Have a wonderful time, and I will see you all next Thursday. Bye. We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to LoriBeth at drlaurybethbisbee.com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of the A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness. See you next week.